They were high school sweethearts that got married and had two kids. It's the Brunigs. In the swamp of DC, they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunigs. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunigs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our low-effort, low-quality podcast. This is Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hello, everyone. <sighs> what a week. What a week. So uh, this week and in, in politics, Bernard Sanders dropped out of the Democratic primary race, mm-hmm. uh, making Joseph Biden the uh, presumptive nominee uh, of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. which means that in all likelihood, he will be running against Donald Trump uh, in the general Matt, to you for commentary. E-woo, I am gonna... No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Oh. No, we're not gonna talk about the memes. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's not great, folks. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not great. No, no. Not a great outcome. Not people, a great outcome. People, uh, I think when you say this is not a great outcome, people say, oh, no, he's gonna beat Trump. Folks, it's gonna be bad if he wins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm talking about from the perspective of the left. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, you know, <laughs> got particularly no interest in what it is Joe wants to do, which who even knows. Well, his first overture to the Bernie fans uh, was to offer to drop the Medicaid eligibility <laughs> age to sixty. Mm-hmm, yeah. How about that? Well, he's got his platform, but even before that, the platform is at odds with his career up to this point. I don't believe anything in any platform he puts out. I mean, I would believe it if it was consistent with his history. Right. You know, but like if he puts something on his website that said he's going to expand social security, he's yeah, spent right. his whole life trying to do the opposite, uh, trying to cut benefits for social security. So this particular gesture, yeah, it's very weird. Um, you know. And then you have you have jokers who are like, uh, well, Bernie should campaign to have uh, Joe put some Bernie people on his transition team and try to get some Bernie people in the cabinet. Folks, th- there was a major organizational effort among Joe Biden's campaign involving President Obama and everyone else in the primary from nobody, Beto O'Rourke to Amy Klobuchar to Pete Buttigieg to Kamala Harris. Everyone got together and decided that the most important thing was not their differences, but making sure that it wasn't Bernie. That's why they all dropped out at once before Super Tuesday and endorsed Biden. This was an orchestrated thing. It was a night of the long knives. There is not going to be a Bernie person on the Biden transition team. There is not going to be any pressure from Bernie people that will affect anything Biden does in his administration. Mm -mm, These people consider it paramount to make sure that the left does not have any input 
in their politics. They detest the left. They are politically different than the left. That's why they detest them, just like they're politically different than Republicans, and that's why they detest them. Mm -hmm. So no more will there be a Bernie person having any effect on Joe Biden than there will be a Trump person having any effect on Joe Biden, because from Biden's point of view, they're equally bad alternatives. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, so don't don't may, maybe even uh, you know, I, I don't know what he for the establishment of the party, not to say the voters. Uh, I think uh, the order of preference is centrist wins, Trump wins, and then left wins. Right. That that would be the order of preference. Uh, I think for them, you know, the biggest victory was beating, was getting Bernie Sanders out of the way. Right. Um, and obviously they would prefer to win the general as well, but you know, that the, their victory has been won. Right. They've averted for them the worst case scenario. I do think the, the cut, the cut the Medicare age to 60 thing is, it, <laughs> I am working on a piece on it and it's, I'm, I'm doing like old school me. I'm doing all this new data and all this kind of stuff to kind of freshen it out a little bit. But, uh, it is a little bit weird. I mean, putting aside the technical merits of it. Um, what is this a gesture to? Like, Bernie's supporters are all young people. <laughs> right. Um, and young people, young adults, have the highest rates of uninsurance. Um, and the census, the census is putting it like 15, 16% uninsured for like mid-20s adults. That's about one in six are uninsured. Um, so it makes sense. And that's probably an underestimate. You know, it depends on how you how you ask people the question and that sort of thing. But what? <laughs> what? So <laughs> I have a thing for all those uh, Bernie voters, like 95% of whom are below the age of 40. What about <laughs> Medicare for 60 year olds? Okay. It's like, <laughs> and it's weird also because there is an obvious alternative, which I'm going to propose in my piece and which I've already pushed for years and years, which is to start with children go go from 0 to 25 medicare for 0 to 25 that actually solves a lot of your problems because the 18 to 25 year old group is the group that has the highest uninsurance rate but also and this i think people forget uh, uh children live with parents that's right yeah a lot of people don't know that and so both of ours do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they live with someone, usually a parent, uh, someone of, of a of they a parent. They tend not to live by themselves and keep their own bank accounts. Yeah. And so the thing is, and, and I try to push this a little bit with the family benefits, if you want to appeal even to, you know, Bernie supporters who are not between the age of 18 and 26, you know what Bernie supporters who are not between the age, age, age of 18 and 26 have? Almost all of them have children or are very near to having children, right? Just look at the data. That's when people have kids. So if you could take their kids off their plate in terms of premiums and that sort of thing, then you, you see what I'm saying? So you, you hit the whole milieu. You expand Medicare and you directly benefit the Bernie people. Saying to Bernie people, hey, you know those people that just uh, sort of fucked you over in the primary? The ones that just cling to death uh, to oppose all left stuff, mm -hmm. we're gonna give them Medicare. You're and you're gonna pay for it, by the way. Can't you know? wait. <laughs> like this is this. It's so tone deaf and bizarre. Um, no material benefit, 
and you know it's benefiting the people who hate bernie so sounds great um i wonder uh what other great ideas uh biden will come up with to try to entice the burning people but i also find um you know matt iglesias pretty persuasive on this matt iglesias wrote a piece uh he had it ready to go for the day that bernie dropped out um which it, it holds me accountable for um biden's uh failing to get the left uh into his coalition mm-hmm. because during the debate where biden was like and guess what girls I'm going to pick a lady VP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't all y'all get too excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talk amongst yourselves and figure out which one of you it's going to be. And then, you know, that can be my VP. You know, that clearly, you know, obviously, it's not what he said. But but he said, I'm going to have a woman VP. And uh, that <laughs> it was just so condescending. Uh, it's just, it struck me that the, all that kind of stuff, this spot's reserved for a girl. It just, is weird it to just say. It strikes me as so condescending because you're not saying I'm going to pick the best person for the job and that happens to be a woman because yes. women and men are just as capable. That is the non-sexist thing to say. The sexist thing to say is this spot has to be held open for a woman because if I put women in competition with men, a man would obviously win, mm-hmm. right? This is the theory behind quotas, right? So it's like, there's no reason a man would be more fit for this job. It's not like football where you're like, I'm going to keep this wide receiver spot open for a woman because if I put all women in competition with all men, the top 100 spots would be taken by men just on merits. It's a vice president slot, right? Women and men are just as competitive. They're just as fit for this job. So there's no reason you have to hold it open with a quota, right? Like, uh, yeah, well, I'm going to kick men out of the, out of the running on this one. So we make sure it goes to a girl. No, pick the best person. And there's a 50, 50 chance. It'll be a woman, mm-hmm. but whatever. Or you want to do it quietly, I guess. Yeah, Just shut up. You don't need to make <laughs> a big deal about oh, it's going to be a woman. Like I don't, I've always think, found though, that terrifically condescending. I think he wants to pick a woman because he needs someone's hair to sniff. You know, it's like a nosegay with all of those um, bodies that uh, belong to people who are dying of coronavirus because they don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. You need like a nosegay, like the the long beaked mask of the plague doctor. There would be herbs and flowers in there. Oh, that's um, clever. Because it would smell very bad. Like because, potpourri. Right, because there were bodies all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in a time of plague when our uh, horrific healthcare system is is exacerbating a horrible pandemic, then maybe you want something nice to smell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, some sh- a shoulder to lean on, maybe a shoulder to rub. You know, <laughs> you know, we all need somebody to to lean on and to uh, rub on. Sometimes someone to uh, push his forehead against her forehead and say, "You're a pretty girl." You know. Who doesn't like to hear that? Uh, I appreciate it. I like being called that. Myself. Uh, You know, so, uh, you know, there are lots of reasons uh, that you can imagine the campaign deciding to um, pick up a woman. Uh, Some people said, well, he had a woman in mind, a specific woman, and he just wasn't ready to do the big reveal yet. Mm, So he said... There's reporting today that has like lists of women. Yeah. So, So, I mean, and now maybe uh, that's part of the game too. I don't know. I don't know. It's all 3D chess is possible here, but either way, that was a strange way to put it. And I'm not saying all women feel this way. If you were on Twitter, everybody was freaking thrilled over it. They were like, oh my God, finally, you know, we're gonna have a woman VP, woman VP, woman VP. 
We um, had that chance with Sarah Palin and Amy Siskin, of all people, at least went for it. Yeah, you know? she's the only one who's true to her principles. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you if you are not aware, Amy Siskin supported, I believe, McCain over Obama. Oh, very, very uh, vocally. Because she had been a Hillary Clinton supporter in the primary. Hillary Clinton was beaten by Obama. Uh, and then uh, McCain ran against Obama in 08 and picked a, a woman VP. That was Sarah Palin. And so mm-hmm. Siskind was like, yeah, that's the more feminist candidate. It's, it's it, literally the same thing Joe Biden has done. Yeah. Like, like same sort of calculation. You like, know. like I mean, John, <laughs> which is, shows for the silliness of it, but it was like, <laughs> you know how I'll win some women? I'll pick a woman VP. Woman's love that little dummies. I'll just right. put a little shiny thing in front no, of them. That's what it and feels like, like. Of course, it didn't play out that way, with the exception of Amy Siskin, who was like, "Yeah, yeah, woman yeah. VP, yeah, um, I'd vote for Hillary or if he had yeah. woman VP." Most people, I think, had enough uh, 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 other principles in play there to be like, "Well, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit." I'm not going to support John McCain and Sarah Palin just because Sarah Palin happens to be a woman, but. Well, and of course, that, that's the case across the board. I mean, with the exception of Amy Siskin, all of this, I don't know what you want to call it, identitarian uh, representationalism uh, <laughs> is sacrifice, is always subordinate to any yeah. partisan affiliation or not even just Dim versus Republican, but also up to and including what faction of the Dems you prefer or not. Sure. Uh, there d- doesn't seem to be any, you know... Crossover. I mean, Hi- Hillary Clinton did w- did I think one point better with white women than uh, Barack Obama. That that that's mm. you know. So <laughs> it mm. doesn't really it doesn't, doesn't really, really matter. matter. Um, but we all pretend like it does. That's the great thing about well, the discourse. Right. And and I think that is in the end going to be uh, probably the focal point of our discussion today is the things we pretend to do and the things we won't pretend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I I had some tweets where I was just like. And they weren't even like brutal tweets. They were fairly innocuous tweets, right? Because, you know, he he was like, I'm going to have a woman VP. And I said, I couldn't possibly care less. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this was during the debate. And people were, you know, predict- that's very ungrateful of you. Right. And people were predictably like, you know, how, how dare you be so dismissive of, you know, something so historic. And I just said, I feel like it's condescending. Uh, and someone was like, you know, but he'll be a progressive feminist candidate. And I was like, he wanted to freaking cut Social Security his entire career. I mean, like you're you're dealing with a guy who's who's been objectively Social Security, um, by the way, a feminist issue because women live longer. Right, women. This it, when when Social Security happened, this was a major focal point of the of the enactment. Was oh, that yeah. there are all these widows. Right. They're like elderly women who have lost their husbands and are being like forced to work or live in total destitution. It do um, be like that. And it do be like that. Uh, so, I, you know, I was like, look, this is a, this is not a this is not a feminist candidate. It's not a liberatory candidate. I'm not going to take the bait on this and be pumped about it. Um, you know, and that's all I had to say. I wasn't name calling or doing anything like that. But um but Matt Iglesias uh, saved those tweets, even though all my tweets auto delete and uh, mm-hmm. popped them in a Google Doc somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the article came up, he's like, "Look, Elizabeth Brunig, you know, she she's she's rejecting Joe Biden not because he's a bad candidate. He doesn't even want to go to cut Social Security anymore. Mm-hmm. He, he just wanted to do that in the past. And even well, the- no, the line was more weaselly than that because what he was trying to do there, and the Biden campaign has done this as well, yeah. is they would they said. They want to focus on the time he did it when he was in the White House with Obama. Right. 
and they'll say this was part of budget negotiations while he was in the White House. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like the Republicans, they had control of some of the Congress. And so you had to get them on board. And so in part of that process, you know how a negotiation works. You say something, they say something, maybe you propose something you don't even want or don't even intend to follow through with, Mm -hmm. but just as a part of the games. And like, Mm -hmm. maybe that's what I was doing. That's how they want to play it off. But of course, the problematic thing is his whole career. He's he's tell you himself in the 90s, which is, you know, (laughs) by that point, he's giving speeches saying, I've done tried to do this five, six, seven, eight times. Right. We've been through this. We've seen the speech transcript. I wrote an article where I linked it. But this is why I think it's that that line from Iglesias is so bizarre, because while (laughs) he's engaging in the in the in he's the one engaging in sort of weird rationalizations by being like, oh, he said it in a budget negotiation and oh, now he can never be taken seriously on this ever again. Right. It's because he did it once in a budget negotiation. It's like, no, (laughs) this is core to who he was. But, uh, you know, like like many politicians, we're supposed to believe he's done a complete 180, Mm -hmm. whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, And so, you know, the article... Uh, went up and I, uh, you know, wound up being uh, in the position of discussing that all day. And um, I have to tell you, there's a funny phenomenon that's going to happen now, and you're already seeing it play out, where there's this preemptive strike by uh, sort of mainstream Democrats who are like, the left is alienating itself from the Democrats, and they're going to try to harm the Biden campaign. I'm like, hey, man, if you don't want to alienate the left from the Democrats, maybe don't publish articles <laughs> saying that the left sucks and is being unreasonable before you've even done anything. I mean, it's a it's completely a two way street, right? Like Democrats are are just as interested in kind of uh, attacking the left and alienating it as the left is in alienating itself. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's any diminished attacking or dunking going on on the establishment side. Right. That seems to have ramped up. There's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a purge of Bernie people happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, any idea that, you know, that, I mean, we've been over this a hundred times, but it's like the Bernie people are uniquely toxic. And because of that, that really alienates people and bother people. And to really bring someone into a coalition, you have to reach out to them and be nice to them. You can't just criticize them and say, hey, your ideas are really bad and stupid uh and you're an asshole and you can't do that you have to you know this and that and so on but like that's that's literally how they treat us I mean, that's how everyone treats everyone online that's like a that's a internet phenomenon yes. um that's part of internet culture which i'm fine with like it doesn't bother me when people do that to me um but like you know they suggest this bothers them and that they don't do it but they do do it and, yeah. and then what and like yeah the doing this article does it tweeting something in which you list out every prominent left-wing sort of outlet Mm -hmm. which he did i mean i guess as he sees it chapo jacobin current affairs and brunig and brunigs there's two of us well i Um, guess there's four of us and like that's not outreach to the left and you go well i'm not uh joe biden well you know none of us are bernie sanders 
Uh, but somehow what we say, you see what I'm saying? I mean, we right, go right. back and forth and it's just like, it's exhausting because I don't even know that, that it's done 100% cynically. I think people just don't even see what they're doing. Right. And well, like, well, that's the thing is like, just like the left doesn't feel like you should be alienated by them saying, you know, Hillary was a bad candidate or whatever. The left will always say, well, what? So we can't have health care because someone was mean to you on the Internet. That shouldn't be alienating to you. Well, the, the establishment people feel the same way. They're like, oh, what? Just because I called you an immature moron who's ruining oh, yeah. American politics? That shouldn't be alienating no, to you. Now it's suck it up. Yeah. Well, don't you, you, you know, you don't, well, you wouldn't want a bad thing to happen. So you should suck it up. Uh, but also, uh, for sure, it's totally reasonable if, if Elizabeth Warren heads don't want to support Bernie Sanders because the Chapo Trap House, which you do not have to listen to, uh, said mean things about her. Right, or someone posted a tiny <laughs> picture of a snake at them on the internet. So who has to suck it up and who is who gets to uh, be uh, legitimately wounded and therefore not have to vote because of their fees and whatever? Right. right. There's no consensus on this. It's completely cynically deployed. Fake. It's, it's totally fake. fake. So just keep hitting them. <clears throat> but now we get around to, so, you know, what should the left do? Mm -hmm. And a lot of you are going to be in the position of people asking you, uh, so are you going to vote for Biden? Are you going to vote for Joe Biden? Uh, and here's, here's what I would counsel you to say. Uh, because, you know, I understand it, it's, it's, a, it's a conflicting question to be asked. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, I think you have to act uh, according to your conscience. You know what state you're in. You know whether your vote even matters or not. You know if you're in a swing state, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, you, you know what your priorities are uh, and you know what your politics are. So I'm not going to tell you uh, what to do here. What I am going to tell you is what I'm going to be saying when people pester me about whether or not I'm going to be voting for Joe Biden. And what I'm going to be saying is this. If you want to know how Bernie people are going to vote generally, look at polls. There's polling data on this. If you want to know how people who supported anybody else in the Democratic primary, not just Bernie, but any of the other candidates are going to vote. There's polling data on that. If you want to know how many people in the country say they're going to vote for Joe Biden over Trump, there's polling data on that. Go avail yourself of the polling data because it doesn't matter what individual people are going to do. Don't ask me, are you going to vote for Biden? Because one individual person doesn't matter. What you want to look at is aggregates. Go look at polling data. And then I will further say this. The only reason you're asking me that is because you want some sign of submission. And I'm not going to give it to you. What I would recommend doing is just needle them with like questions that make them mad. So I would say something like, uh, well, think about it. What would I be saying to my daughters if I elected uh, someone who engages in sexual assault? Right. There is an allegation that has uh, been made. Well, I'm not referring to the allegation, of course, because that is unproven. Mm. I am referring to pictures of oh, him sexually to, like, the, assaulting the people. And the this is this touching. is the definition of sexual assault and unwanted sexual touching, which he has admitted to doing, and also there are pictures of. Mm. He has apologized, I guess. He, I, he says he's just a friendly guy. I thought his apologies were a little bit dismissive of the issue. 
Um, there's reporting in the Washington Post going over six, seven of these incidences. No one is going to defend that in the sphere. Mm-hmm. So you just hit them with that, and then they don't know what to do. Well, they'll say Trump's is worse. Yeah, yeah, but then you just go from there, right? right? You go, oh, well, I'm sorry. I guess I'll just pick the least sexual assaulty one. Yeah, because that's what we're doing. Let's add up the sexual assaults. Who has the least? Multiply them by their magnitude, of course, to get the total utils. Um, you know, you just take it from there, you know. Um, you could also just say no. <laughs> you could also just be like, nope. Um, it <laughs> appears that that is what some of the Chapo folks are doing. Um, and you, you have seen uh, quite a few uh, Bernie posters uh, get completely blackpilled and say they're not voting for Biden. You also see some funny things happening in the polling data. Um, there is a new poll out now that Bernie has dropped out looking at 18 to 29 year olds uh, and they are now split half and half between Biden and Trump, which <laughs> suggests that uh, at least some uh, people who were formerly considering voting for a Democrat switched to Trump. Um, that is a shocking result. Um, yes, the youngest demo, I don't remember if it was 18, 29 or below 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, I want to say it was below 35, but it, yeah, it was tied. Which is, of course, normally the opposite. The youth, you know, it, the general is is kind of a mirror, uh, uh, not a mirror. <laughs> the general is sort of a replay of the primary, mm-hmm. where the more left candidate, if that's mm-hmm. what you call Joe Biden, will win with the youth, and then like, you know, as you go up and up the age range, do worse with the older right. ones, and then for Trump, it's the opposite: struggle with the youth, do really well with the old and you know that's how it is in the primary uh with bernie does really well with youth and uh joe does really well with old of course that's not always the case like reagan did really well with the young and you know but at this moment in time that's how things break out so if he instead of like winning by 40 points the youth <laughs> he ties with the youth i mean that's a that's a pretty hilarious that's and devastating really, outcome really yeah a kind of unthinkable but i guess that's what's happening now um it, it, and uh, you know further to the point i was making you know people are going to you know probably not if you're just uh, you know someone who doesn't spend much time uh, in politics but if you're someone who does spend a lot of time in politics and, you know, especially if it's uh, sort of part of who you are and your profession, uh, people are going to give you a hard time and they're going to want to dunk on you and they're going to want to harass you and humiliate you because at the end of the day, this primary struggle and the, the struggle that began in 2015 and indeed the struggle between the left and the center core of the Democratic Party that stretches all the way back to the 70s and beyond is about power. It's Mm -hmm. about power. It's about people who want power and people who are afraid they're going to lose power. And, you know, people will uh, kill millions uh, for for power. So, you know, imagine what they'll do interpersonally. There's no end to the kind of brutality uh, that people will unleash and the cunning. Uh, And so, yes, they want to lord their power over you. They beat you. They won. Bernie's out their guy is in and they're going to want to uh, consolidate and cement that victory and they want you to acknowledge that you are weak and they are strong and they have power and you don't and maybe that's true man i'll say that you you won this one right uh 
But here's the thing. The one thing that still belongs to you, the freedom you have is to say, I hate it. I don't like it. And I'm not going to cooperate with you. I am going to be mad about it. Disconsolate, angry, unimpressed. I'm going to be uncooperative, right? I'm, I'm not going to accept this power structure. When people want power over you, they don't just want brute force. They want you to internalize their power over you. The ideal of anyone who wants to exert power over another person is that eventually they won't even have to tell them what to do anymore. The person mm -hmm. will just know what to do and do it, mm -hmm. right? The bars will be on the inside, so to speak. The goal of the uh, sort of establishment core of the Democratic Party kind of waging war on the Bernie left, the young left, is not just to keep them out of power. It is to convert them into people who give up and who agree with them and who believe that they were misled. That's what Hillary was trying to do, right? People were taken in by it. It was baloney. They're trying to get you to believe that you were wrong all along, that there's no point resisting, and so you just have to cooperate with them. And failing cooperating with them, they want you to just not vote at all. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're not a plus or a minus for them. You're just out of the political system altogether. That's mm -hmm. what they want, right? That's you putting the bars on the inside. So the one thing you have, because they have kept the left out of power, is to say, I'm not going to let the bars on the inside, right? I don't like this. It sucks. I hate it. It's not a win, right? They'll, a lot of them are going to be like, oh, but come on, you won the war of ideas, didn't you? No, we didn't. No, Biden is not going to do anything from Bernie's platform. He we, doesn't believe any of we, it. We, we won with the voters on the issues, but yes, it doesn't really matter unless you win an election. Like That's sort of the nature of the beast that the left has been facing for so long. If you do issue polling, the issues do very well. Um, they always have. People like health care. Sure. Like, um, but how do you overcome... Right, it's a power issue. Right? Yeah. But like... They'll try to give all these little consolation prize type things like, look, you won the war of ideas. All the Democratic voters, they love your ideas. You guys did so great. But now you got to knock on doors for Biden because mm. this is how we keep moving across the line. You know, and one of these days winning the war of ideas will actually matter and we'll give you a little touch of power. No, not going to happen. Not true. This is about power. It's politics. Right. I'm not telling anyone any secrets here. This is something everyone knows. It's just something that people don't say, right? Because the Democrats want to act like the center core, the establishment part of the party that is um, by its nature a centrist organization. They want to pretend like uh, there's a natural comedy between them and the left, that maybe they agree with everything the left wing of the party believes. They just think that there's a different way of going about it. Not true. They don't believe what you believe. Oh. Right? And so they're trying to get power, and we're also trying to get power, and we would rather that they believe what we believe, and they would rather that we believe what they believe. But at the end of the day, they have attained power at this time. And so the one thing that still belongs to you is your pride, your dignity, your sense that you are still right, that your morals are the right morals, and your unwillingness uh, to give in, basically, and, and let them govern not only what you do, but how you feel. Yes. And, and so that's my position is when people ask me how I'm going to vote or whatever, or try to bully me into saying, okay, fine, I support Biden. I'm not going to say it, right? You can't make me and I won't. And I'm not going to pretend like I have interior 
you know, have uh, internalized uh, any any of these uh, sort of centrist arguments that are being made now about why the left sucks and was always wrong, etc. Nope. I'll say this, okay? I think there are two cent- two kinds of like centrist figures, right? You have some that are just as long as they beat the left and they're in power, they don't really care. It could be anything, right? And you see these people, especially the ones that have been around a long time, you know that is the case because they've been, to have been around a long time in the Democratic Party as an operative, especially, you have to have been doing all sorts of bad shit, right? Like you had to have been talking about how you were for the war and had to have been talking about how, yeah, we do need welfare cuts and whatever. Like that's just is what it is. You had to have worked on it and so on. They don't really care. Just sort of, they, they, they basically operate on the level of, I know these people, this is my network of friends. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, sure. it's at that kind of level. It, it's, it's content is, means nothing. Yeah. Um, but you do have, so for them, winning, winning, whatever. I just want to win. I don't want the left, whatever. But there's this other group of people, and you see this especially in the punditry world, and this is where I think there's an opening, who they do want to win, and they do want to beat the left, but they want to win and beat the left in a particular way, in a way that allows them to at least plausibly on the, on it, on its face, uh, you know, suggest that they are maintaining consistent with their principles or whatever right so for them winning the presidency with joe biden at least for as long as joe biden is understood as a kind of centrist sellout a guy who wants to who did vote to cut benefits for poor mothers who've wanted for a long time to cut benefits for elderly and the disabled, who's pro-war, who has obvious interpersonal issues with women and so on. For them, that is that is is harmful to them psychologically. Right. Um, well, it doesn't match with their self-conceptions, yes. not who they are. And so that. you can make progress in that sense for them because they need to also feel good about it or they want to feel good about it. And the, the way they're going to do that, and this is what you already see happening, in, like I was saying in the Iglesias article, they start rationalizing away mm-hmm. by misdescribing what happened. You know, um, oh, that was a budget negotiation thing or whatever. And so if you, you can, you can right. sort you, of- You'll see people somehow reason out that uh, actually Joe Biden politically is identical to Jesse Jackson. Yes, uh, they'll yes. somehow rationalize out. No, no, no. He's he's really the furthest left person, not only who's ever run, but in history. In history, he's the most left wing candidate there ever was. Uh, and I guess the woman thing is meant the woman thing, meaning the vice the president. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's meant to sew some of that up, mm-hmm. right? Because at least because there's this whole cadre of like liberal feminist writers who you present Joe Biden to them like just in a vacuum, mm-hmm. and you're like that guy. They, oh my God, they would have every criticism in the world of like why this is a toxic <laughs> person and so on. Look how, you know, <clears throat> he's an old white man who basically, you know, engages in un- unwanted touching of women. And, uh, right. you know, what about the Anita Hill thing? Oh my God, that's the both of woman and race. And, you know, you go on and on, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that's meant to, oh, well, but I'm supporting the first vice president. So that'll get them on board. But like you said, I'm saying, like, for them, I think 
it is more than just power. I think they also want to feel good about what they're doing, which requires an enormous amount of rationalization that I think will be particularly difficult with Joe, which means that if you keep pushing the buttons on it, they will get pissed off and you'll see melting down and so on. And I frankly, I think you've seen some melting down already as people see what they're about to have to do. Right, well, uh, you're seeing... um People who feel like, and and I have enormous sympathy for these people because I think that they're right about quite a few things, but they feel like the most important thing is getting Trump out of office. And they feel like, you know, that means having to, you know, put forward this uh, intense uh, support for Joe Biden. And they realize that he is pretty contrary to a lot of the arguments they've been making about who needs to be president and what their values and history needs to be, especially because a lot of these same people were very public commentators on 2016 when, you know, feminism was the entire question on the table, right? Mm -hmm. Can we have a woman president? How should women be treated and seen? It was followed by the Me Too movement, which uh, further increased the sort of visibility of everyone's feminist bona fides. And now you have a guy like Biden. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously people aren't thrilled about it. And yeah, it causes like a cognitive dissonance. You know, I don't like what I'm about to have to do, which is to kind of feign or drum up in myself some, you know, an intensity of support um, for for someone I don't feel it for. And Biden, by the way, if you look at polls of, you know, enthusiasm among Democrats not doing well. No, extremely low. And I think there's at least one poll showing that people would like to switch him out with Cuomo if they could. <laughs> Who's done the worst in the coronavirus uh yeah but yeah why are people so excited about Cuomo? he's on tv that's the whole thing with all of this yeah because he's decided to do tv stuff yeah he's on tv every day yeah and they run him on the cable news shows every day people love mayors of they new york, love man. tv no they hate mayors of new york de blasio got killed i mean i guess cuomo's not a mayor in new york but uh you know <laughs> I mean, with Giuliani, remember that? Everybody freaking loved Giuliani. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They, they when do, bad things they do happen take on to a New certain York. purchase, but he ran for president yeah, and got he destroyed. He got killed, yeah. And now he's like a clown. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now. He's, he's working for Trump, Trump and like <laughs> doing corruption and whatever. Uh, whatever. Um, um, but he's like a fixer for Trump, which is not an enviable job. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, um, so, uh, you know, there are a lot of indicators that... Uh, point to, you know, though he won, it appears to have been a strong never Bernie push uh, from a part of the party. And this is probably the majority of the party, right? Um, that, you know, is is essentially well, a conservative party. So I want to push back on it because I have not done my uh, my autopsy, if you will, but I've been reading them. Mm. And, you know, of course, I like to, you know, look at the numbers and that sort of thing. Numbers guy. And... To me, I mean, I find all the writing on it a little bit hard to digest because if you look, so that would be one thing. It'd be like, they're just a big contingent of the party that doesn't want Bernie. Here's the problem with that. Literally like two, three weeks, not two, three weeks, like literally the week before or two weeks before this sort of consolidation occurred, you have a a ton of polls in which people are doing head-to-heads right in which they're asking who would you prefer if it's bernie versus pete who would you prefer if it's bernie versus warren who would you prefer if it's bernie versus klobuchar on down the line Mm -hmm. including bernie versus biden and you had polls bernie would win all of them 
he was the, as they would say, Condorcet winner. Mm-hmm. He he would win every head to head. And then in the voting group that he, you know, that was sort of like, well, he just didn't win over black voters. Up until South Carolina, if you looked at the polling, Bernie was a strong second among black voters, like not that far behind Joe at all, like few points behind Joe. And, you know, polls, polls have been pretty accurate this time. And so, like, what that then means is, like, at least at some kind of steady state level <laughs> where things are were just sort of humming along, Bernie was doing well among black people, never first but a close second, mm-hmm. and he was beating head-to-head against Joe. Mm-hmm. So... So what do you think happened? Well, so if you look at, you know, if you look at something like that, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, I don't know. Any of these suggestions are sort of, I don't know, they're sort of strange, right? So... For instance, well, Bernie didn't do well with the black vote. Okay, sure, right? He did very well with the Latino vote. The Latino vote is as big as the black vote. In fact, it's slightly larger than the black vote. Like, Biden did horribly with the Latino vote. So, like, what do we make of that? Like, you could pick out any little piece Mm -hmm. and be like, there you go, because that's the nature of the beast. All you, any piece that brings you below 51 is enough. Mm -hmm. But like, there might be multiple things that could bring you below 51. So I think picking on a piece like that, I think is very difficult. And now, you know, some of the autopsies want to say, well, what people will do is they'll like to compare how certain demographic groups voted last time versus this time. Mm -hmm. So like, the big difference demographically is Bernie did not do as well among working class whites and rural whites and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But remember, he was winning the overall polling, even head to head against Biden for mm-hmm. a significant period of time. So what does that mean? That means at one point that there were a lot of them that were for Bernie and then something changed, even in this race. Mm-hmm. But people will say things like, well, so that just goes to show you they never really were interested in the Bernie stuff. They just didn't like Hillary. Mm-hmm. Right. You go, oh, I I see how you conclude this. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if they voted for Biden this time, then their politics meant they should have voted for Hillary. Mm -hmm. But then they didn't. So that must mean they have some anti-Hillary thing. They're actually anti-woman or whatever. I actually saw someone tweet this out. They're like, oh, the Bernie people thought that these people like socialism. Actually, they hate women. But here's the problem. That demographic group voted for Hillary Clinton in 2008. So, hmm. so what so what what do you make of that i mean i don't know if, if you compare 08 and 06 it would seem like well shouldn't they vote for hillary both times uh well no i guess maybe socialism is what was appealing and pulled them off from hillary i think these sorts of suggestions to me seem very odd and i would say as a general matter and this is the view i had frankly in in the 2016 general election and that is that voters they you know they're not that strongly committed to anything in particular, right? Yeah. Like they could vote for anyone. If you ask these voters, do you have a favorable view of Bernie Sanders? Very high favorables. <laughs> they, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not a dislike of Bernie. It's not an opposition. I think if you just watch the time series of the national polls, you pull up the Nate Silver poll aggregator and you just watch it happen. It's like, Bernie is the plurality winner as soon as this, the election starts going in Iowa and so on. He's in first place as a plurality winner. First place, first place, first place. He actually wins. First place, first place, first place in the first three. He's winning these head-to-heads. And then what happened? He goes into South Carolina. Climber, 
uh, I'm sorry, it's a climber, uh, the uh, representative. Clyburn. Clyburn, yes, climber. I was thinking of, uh, of Charlotte. Charlotte no. climber. No. Uh, <laughs> She's just a pundit. Yeah, yes. different, different. Person. Clyburn. I mean, climber also, uh, you know, pulled votes no, away from Bernie. No. Um, Clyburn, uh, you know, comes out hard against Bernie. He has a right. lot of influence in the state. You know, he's sort of a kingmaker in the state or whatever. That is a huge blow. And then you have the consolidation. Like to me, the Wall Street Journal's description of it, in which they just say. Ah, Bernie uh, exited today. He was the front runner until the uh, establishment uh, candidates consolidated uh, behind Biden and beat him. Like, that's what happened. That's literally like you just watch the line. That's what happened. And now you could say, well, why why couldn't he, you know, overcome that? Overcome that? And it's like I don't know. But he, in a head to hedge, just before then, he was beating Biden. So it's like these people are not well, people, strongly committed. People might have taken it as a sign that so many people yes. who appear different to them, right? Yes. Like they're like, oh wow, these are vastly, you know, Buttigieg and Beto and Kamala <laughs> and Klobuchar all at once. They seem to think it it's urgently important that it's this not burning. Huge amount of media push. Yeah, like yeah. these things have real impacts on people. And it's not, you know, some people present this as like, here's a conspiracy, whatever. Like, no, like this is what you should do. Like, if you're being strategic, uh, you know, I wish the left had the same kind of, you know, resolve. But like, you know, that was right. They were they made a calculation. Well, hey, and also Warren's people appeared to go to Biden. If we all drop yeah. and then endorse him in this crucial period, there's no debate during this period. Uh, you know, we can really spike it. And then like, if you win Super Tuesday, that's it. Right. You know, it was it was time to Super Tuesday. Right, right. It was intentional, Um, right? It's not an accident. So it's like you get this huge media push and then at that point it's sort of over and it's overwhelming. To me, I think that's the clearest thing. Like, so I don't know. On some level, I'm just not like, you know, I'm just not that bothered. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it spells anything big Mm -hmm. about like people like this or that agenda or mm-hmm. this or that policy. I don't think that matters to people. Right. Well, now, it is a problem sy- systematically that there are a lot of people who, if the establishment like lines up and is like, this is the guy, that there are a lot of them who just go, oh, okay, I like the Dems. I'd pull that one. Like That's a problem because that group, the elites in that group, hate the left and hate social democracy and whatnot. Um, but it's not like... To go back to what started this <laughs> digression, uh, it's not the it's not the voters in that sense. Yeah, not the voters who have a commitment against egalitarian policy. Mm-hmm. It's just they're able to be moved to this or that. To put it a different way, if if Joe Biden came out for uh, Medicare for all, I don't mm-hmm. think uh, it would uh, it would be any different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the same thing with Hillary Clinton. The same thing for Barack Obama. I think the outcomes would be the same. Because the same factors follow the leader, partisan ID, you know, m- media movements, and so on would 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 still be what it is. Um, do you um do you support my being blackpilled? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think it is a very disturbing time, of course, and I don't know. I mean, I think. I mean, it's like it's like with everything that's going on with coronavirus. There's just so there are so many obvious serious serious flaws in the way that we have chosen to govern ourselves and still the the centrist 
position is like, uh, listen, Mr. Mango Mussolini, we're not going to have another four years of a corrupt Chester Cheeto in the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I saw Trump, he, he made his Easter address or something. And I, and I saw someone, a, a Democratic operative, quote tweet it and say, Trump's never read the Bible. Okay. Did you know that 11% of American Christians report that they've read the Bible? And that's probably way overestimating. It's long. It's a tough one. It's a very hard book to read. Even if you read it, it's hard to know what you're reading. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> do you know how stupid you have to be? How just completely and utterly detached he's, yeah, he's out from, of touch from to, what American yeah. Christianity is actually like to say, oh, here's a big dunk. Your president's never read the Bible. Mm. Yeah, no, none of these people who are voting for Trump have read the Bible, right? They listen to their pastors and they've read stories out of the Bible and they hear about the Bible. And honestly, that's very typical historically of Christianity. Remember, for a long time, there wasn't a Bible, right? You had various collections of stories. You had this old compendium. You had, what, the Septuagint, and that was in Greek. And then you had the Wetos Latina, which was in Latin. And then you have Jerome translate the Vulgate. And now you've got quite a bit of the Bible in the Latin vernacular. And it's still hundreds of years before you ever get to anything uh, that is a, a compendium of readings that would remotely resemble what a, a modern Protestant would now say is the Bible. And even today, there are discrepancies between Bibles used by Protestants and Catholics. Look, <laughs> the idea, the idea that it's this major dunk and own on Trump that he's probably not read the Bible just shows this enormous detachment from what daily life is like for just a regular, ordinary person in the United States, right? And, and, and still, we're, we're, you know, in this situation where um, that's, that's the line Democrats are forging ahead with, right? It's like, nothing's really wrong. America's already great. The biggest problem we have is that uh, there's an orange mango man mm. in the White House yeah, who, yeah, yeah. who did you know he has a bad tan? Yeah. Have you ever noticed he has bad hair? Did you see that he says silly things? He made a sex joke about models when he was referring to uh, the disease models. Can you believe it? Uh, so it's like this tipper gore kind of aesthetic distaste and 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 that's really the objection, right? The the freaking fatal flaws in in our healthcare system, such as it is, and in our, in a, the massive gaps in our uh, welfare state that allow people to just fall into total despair and destitution when they lose their jobs, for instance. That all deserves, you know, like a temporary patch or this is unprecedented. <laughs> Pandemic unemployment assistance. Right, right. And, and, you know, it's not something that indicates that there is a serious problem that's always there. And now it's just yeah. a lot more people are seeing it. Well, this is why this. Yeah, this is why I mean, the I, I can see the blackpilling from the perspective of, you know, just what's what's going to continue to be. Um, you know, that's why it's it's sort of like. <laughs> it's sort of weird to like dunk on on you know the left for losing because it's like 
Yeah, you're right. I guess people are still going to be poor and die and stuff. Right, right. And that's I how I respond. What... When people are like, you you sure lost. I'm like, yeah, fuck me, man. I lost. Man. Yeah, people aren't going to. I wanted people to have health care. I wanted people to have health care and, you know, you know, not. Some student debt relief. Not, not like go hungry and like have a home and stuff. I but I mean, I guess country, is there's know? still going to be that way. Yeah, so I mean, it's. That's why I was reading one of the post, one of the postmortems, and it was like, you know, this just goes to show, and this is sort of a, you know, I don't know. I find all the postmortems very ridiculous, like I just suggested, because they don't start with the trend lines of the national polls, which, you know. But uh, it was like, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, what matters and what, pe- what you know, what politics is really about is, you know, people's uh, partisan identities and uh, feelings about uh, social uh, inclusion and uh, social progress and stuff. It's not really okay. about the economic issues or class and so on. That's just not what motivates voters. And like, because if it did, Bernie would win and so on. And it's like, all right, I mean, maybe that's the case. But you understand what you're telling me is that like people are going to be poor and like homeless and die and stuff. And like we we could fix that, but we're not going to. And like that's that's where you orient yourself. You're like the part where, you know, the coronavirus goes and just just completely wipes out poor black people. Uh, yeah. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah, that's not the part I'm worried about. Right. That's not the issue. It's not the, you know, but uh, what about, you know, representation and what about uh, anti-discrimination and that sort of thing? All right. right. And maybe it, we, yeah. we can have some more uh, immigration and, you know, well, it'll be more inclusive and so on. And uh, But these people are still going to die, right? You understand they're going to like... Not just for coronavirus, but like this is just like amplifying everyday realities. Like they're just dying, dying, dying all the time. Like their lifespans are like they don't make it to 60. Like you you get that, right? Yeah, but, you know, that's just not what politics is about, man. It's about, you know, are you cosmopolitan or are you not? Yeah. You know, I want the diversity here as long as they die very, very early due to destitution. That's the part I'm OK with. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's blackpilling. It's just like, you know, you <laughs> I go you just go back to you go back to my childhood such as it is. And I'm like, are you going to fix that thing? The thing where I was poor, like the conditions that no. We're still uh, 25 years on. We're not going to fix that. No. We did cut benefits. We did cut your benefits, but they just want. We can't bring them back job, yet. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. They need to, yeah, need to get 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 yourself to work. Um, they needed your single mother uh, to work another job or two. So they, it was very um, important that she start cleaning houses on the side. That yeah. was and and it is because I mean, how are they going to live their lives if okay. she's not cleaning she their was house? Working at J.C. Penney, but um, it was extremely important that she also have a side gig because honestly, she didn't have dignity otherwise. She didn't have dignity unless she was scrubbing. Toilets and who's going to clean rich people's homes themselves? Right. Right. <laughs> Come on now, I would. Why would I? Uh, transfer money to her so she can uh, be and at you, home you think, and so on. You think that we're being ridiculous is the crazy thing, but I actually debated in person the intellectual godfather of welfare reform, Lawrence Mead. I debated him in person at John Hopkins University, and his entire spiel was, welfare is bad uh, because if you have welfare, 
you don't have to answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't have a boss in your life. And so if people are getting welfare, it should only be on on the uh, terms that it's workfare because then they're answering to somebody. So yes, the single mom who has kids and is already working a job but still not making ends meet, she can have some welfare, but if and only if it's somewhat humiliating in yes. that she has to work for a boss who tells her what to do, i.e. the rich person who says, scrub right there, please. Sure. Barbara Ehrenreich has done amazing work on why uh, rich people like maids, right? Instead of like just appliances and stuff, because uh, there are lots of ways that you can clean that don't require a woman wearing a uniform uh, to come in your house. Also, uh, it's perfectly possible for men to clean as well. Um, But there's something about a woman in a uniform coming in and like getting on her knees and scrubbing the floor that people actually want to see. Right. Barbara Ehrenreich has written on this. It's very disturbing stuff. But that's the world in which we live. Right. That's the world that we're a part of. I find it unfortunate. Um, And I wanted it to be different. And I still do. And and so the establishment uh, response is like, LOL, you lost. Dunk on you. I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a very um, conservative country. The United States is even more conservative than our uh, fellow Anglo liberal democracies, Australia, Canada, the United Kingdom. We're the most conservative in many ways. We lag them in in not only economics, but social issues. Generally, we're the last uh, one to come to any kind of uh, sort of social liberalism. And certainly we hang in there in terms of our uh, austerity projects. And um, I think that's unfortunate. I wanted it to be different. And Going forward, there's going to be a lot of, you know, LOL, dance on your head. It's so funny. You lost. You guys were so gung-ho. And what can you say besides, yeah, you win. You get Joe Biden. Good job. The poor will keep being poor. I know that's what you wanted. Clap, clap. But at least, clap, clap, clap. At least uh, an, an old white man who said he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle will now be the president. So I know that's important for you. As a cosmopolitan, yeah. I know that's a key. Well, because he has the Democratic Party identity, he has the D by his name, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't. This matter. is another way I troll people online. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Trump won. The Democrats should just run their own Trump. And it's like, because you can draw the parallels pretty yeah. easily, both like in age and mm-hmm. cognitive issues, and uh, you know, fail sons and corruption, <laughs> and then so like. And that pisses people off really bad. And I think it's sort of kind of funny because that goes back to they want to feel good about it. Because it's not enough. Because you could absolutely make a line that's like, look, what really matters is that you have any kind of Democratic placeholder in the office because mm-hmm. they're going to be constrained by the the Democratic Party institutions. They're just sort of a, a figurehead for what we want to do anyways. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we should just run... If people like vulgar Trump bullshit, a guy who's like, I'll do push-ups for you. Hey, fatty. Like, if that's what they want, then then we'll just give it to them. But but these people, they don't feel comfortable at that level of strategy. They want it. No, no, he's actually very good and decent. And uh, he's woke. Didn't you see his tweet about trans people? Um, You know, so. He definitely writes those. (laughs) Um, So, you know, here's another thing uh, that I guess that we will leave you with here. Um, you can go back and forth between being black-pilled and being not black-pilled. So just because you're feeling really bad and hopeless and despairing right now, don't beat yourself up over feeling that way. 
uh, as we have just discussed, you know, a lot of people feeling that way, a reasonable way to feel, a uh, lot of reasons uh, uh, to, to lean in that direction. Um, but that doesn't have to be how you feel forever. And if you feel yourself starting to change little by little as things move forward and you start to say to yourself, maybe we can give it another try, maybe there are things we can do, um, then you should welcome that. And you shouldn't feel obligated to only feel one way forever, right? You're not being inconsistent if you say, yeah, well, right afterward, uh, in the aftermath, I was looking at certain factors and I felt very despairing. And as we go forward, I might be able to focus on other factors and feel another way. That's okay. You don't have to feel the same way forever. It doesn't define who you are. But if you want to grieve and despair at this point, you should go right ahead and don't let anyone make you feel bad about it. And if people try to bully you and get you to, you know, admit that they were right, that's different than admitting defeat, right? You can say, yeah, I lost, but I wasn't wrong. And that's my perspective on all this. So hang in there and we will be back to you more with some good content. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.